0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. These are words of condemnation, prophetic words of judgment that Jesus speaks against Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city of God's chosen people, will fall. It will be raised. Not even one stone will be left upon another. Not even the children will be spared. It will not be a peaceful death. It will be violent, bloody, and painful. Jerusalem will be surrounded with no hope of rescue. It won't be some heroic last stand. There will be no stories written of the heroes of Jerusalem. It will be a slaughter at the hands of unclean men. The last legacy of God's beloved city will be cruelty and death. These are harsh words and a harsher judgment. What has the city done to bring the wrath of God upon it? What has made him turn in judgment upon his beloved city? It is because Israel has rejected the law of the Lord. God says through Jeremiah, I have paid attention and listened, but they have not spoken rightly. No man relents of his evil, saying, What have I done? Israel has turned her back on God. Each man turns to his own way, does what is right in his own eyes. Rather than what is right in the eyes of God, they have refused to repent, refused to turn from their wicked ways and back to God. There is no regret for the things that they have done, there is only joy at sin, exaltation at evil, pride where there should be humble repentance. Even in the midst of these sins, the people still say, We are wise and the law of the Lord is with us. The people say, we have the words of the Lord. We have the worship, we have the bloody sacrifices. Surely that means we must be righteous. But God says, behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. The people claim to have the word of the Lord, but the scribes and leaders of the people have twisted it claiming that God's word justifies evil. They call good evil and evil good. These scribes are false prophets, misleading the people of Israel. But the true prophet, Jeremiah, says, they have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. The false prophets say, peace, peace, nothing but meaningless platitudes, meaningless but far from harmless. The false prophets lead the people into thorny pathways and poisonous thickets claiming this is the way of the Lord. Briars and thorns dig into the people, causing deep wounds infected with poison. The people cry out, begging for relief from their wounds, from the pain that they feel And when those wails reach the false prophets' ears, they drown out the people's cries by saying, Peace, peace. And the people listen. They hear the easy words of the false prophets. It is painful to clean out a wound. It is painful to bring sins into the light. And so lulled by those same meaningless platitudes, the people ignore their abuse Their wounds fester. They ignore the rot, gangrene, and sepsis as sin eats away at them. With lightly bandaged wounds, the people say together with the false prophets, peace, peace. This violence is peace. This rot, it's natural. This pain, it's actually pleasure. This suffering is healthy. I am better for my mutilation." Peace, peace is far easier to hear than judgment. Ignoring sin is far easier than calling it out by name. But easy is not harmless. Every sin dismissed is another gash in your soul. Every grudge you've borne, every hatred you thought was justified, every lustful thought and jealous word you've spoken is another home for rot, gangrene, and sepsis. Call it what you will. Say, peace, peace, all you want. Sin is still sin. And no matter how much you declare, peace, peace, that sin, that wound will fester. And that sin is what God hates. God hates the rot that sits beneath your useless bandages. Sin is opposed to God. It is a stain on his beautiful creation, a spot of mildew on this wondrous tapestry that he has woven. To live sinfully is to reject God. The law of God is not some arbitrary list of rules made up by a maniacal deity to torture us. It is who God is. Do not commit adultery, God says, for I am faithful. Do not murder, for I am the author of life. So as my people... This is who you are too. Do not speak falsely, because my people tell the truth. Do not steal, for I have given each man his own. And every time we ignore this law, we spit in the face of our creator and say, We are not your people. You are not our God. And so the wrath of God must come. God must judge sin. He must judge rebellious creatures who live in filthy bandages and follow false prophets. His wrath for sin is a necessity. God's judgment must fall on a noxious, decaying world full of grudges, hatred, lust, and jealousy. It must devote them to utter destruction. But Jesus, facing towards Jerusalem, knowing the judgment that is to come upon God's beloved city, weeps. He weeps for that judgment to come. He weeps for the violence that will be wrought against the city. Why? Why shed vain tears for a judgment that must come? Why weep over a city that deserves what's coming to it? Yes, God's wrath must come. But God is far from merciless. He is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. God is full of mercy, full of love, full of care for his people, longing for his beloved city to return to him. And when Jesus enters Jerusalem, he does not enter in judgment. He enters as the great physician, looking to clean the wounds of his people, to bind them up, saving them from their festering sins. But the people, led astray by false prophets and easy words, defend their wounds. All Jesus wants to do is take away their pain, clean their wounds, bind them up, restore them to life. But they push away the caring hands of the physician, saying, no, this rot, this corruption, this is who I am. If you take that away, Jesus, I will be nothing. Stay back. This grudge I hold is mine. This hatred defines who I am. This lust and jealousy are part of my identity. You can't take that from me. But even in the face of this stubbornness, in the face of this rejection, Jesus continues to teach. He continues admonishing the people, saying, look, Here is a healing balm. Here I bring reconciliation with God. God weeps to see those bandages you have, those wounds festering beneath them. Come, let me remove your useless bandages, clean out your wounds, wash you and make you whole. But the crowds stop up their ears. They cannot abide to hear the law of God. And so they reject his promise. They exclude themselves from his reconciliation and healing. The people say, we know what the teachers say. We have listened to their easy words. They speak the truth. We aren't sick. We aren't wounded. These festering injuries are who we are. This trauma defines us. If you took them away, we would surely die. But Jesus continues to plead with the people. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. Let me remove your false bandages. Let me bind you up and make you whole. But the people say, stop. Let me heal you. I'm not broken. You're badly hurt. Let me heal you. Let me bind you up. Liar. Let me reconcile you with God. Let me clean your rotting wounds. Crucify him. Crucify him! Crucify him! And so, the people crucify Jesus. Violence is inflicted on him in the name of a false peace. Jesus goes to the cross and he dies at the hands of the very ones he came to save. Even then, even in his death on the cross. Jesus still took the wrath of God, the wrath of God that must be poured out, his wrath for sin, his wrath for the rot, gangrene, and sepsis festering beneath useless bandages. All that wrath was poured out onto Jesus, including the wrath meant for Jerusalem. Jesus answered the people's cruelty, With mercy. But the beloved city of God, convinced by meaningless, harmful prophets that they had no sin, could not hear this message of forgiveness. They said to God, Judge us for what we are. We are righteous. We are healthy. We are clean. But all the while, their wounds festered beneath light bandages. Jesus had taken their wounds, but the people wanted them back, claiming them as their own, claiming they never had them in the first place. They fled from God's word, even when it promised salvation. They refused to see the peace that Jesus brought, and so it was hidden from them. That is why Jerusalem was judged. The wrath of God fell upon the city, just as Jesus prophesied. The destruction of the city was bloody, violent, and painful. Not one stone was left upon another. Not even the children were spared. There were no heroes when Jerusalem fell. There was only slaughter at the hands of unclean men. Jerusalem had rejected God. They rejected his law, and so rejected his promise. But what men intended for violence, God made for peace. Through the cross, salvation was opened to all the world. Jesus didn't just take the wounds of Jerusalem, not even just the wounds of the nation of Israel, But the wounds of the whole world, he took the whole wrath of God. His wrath for every grudge you've borne, for every falsely justified hatred, for every lustful thought and jealous word you've spoken, every festering wound you've hidden under false bandages, he takes to the cross and dies with them. Where the people once said of their wounds, I am better for this mutilation, you can now say, I am better for his mutilation. Jesus, the great physician, brings healing balm. He removes your light bandages. He cleans out the rot and corruption, applies antiseptic, binding you up with clean bandages and making you whole. All the while, he takes the pain of those wounds into himself and is buried with them. Rot, gangrene, and sepsis are not who you are. Those wounds do not define you. Instead, you are children of God. And when Jesus springs forth from the tomb, he triumphs over all those wounds. He triumphs over violence and rot, pain and suffering. He kills that rot. He cleans the gangrene, and he drains the sepsis where there were once bloody, infected gashes in his body, there are now fully healed scars. Having purified these wounds by his death and healed from them by his resurrection, Jesus now gives these pure wounds to you. These wounds have the power to heal, the power to forgive and bind up. These wounds are what you are about to eat at the Lord's Supper. Your wounds brought death. His wounds bring life. Your wounds brought violence. His wounds bring peace. And this peace of the Lord will be with you always, just as your pastor is about to declare. It's not a peace of mere words. It's not a meaningless platitude meant to drown out your sorrows and ignore your pain. These words are true. What is this peace of the Lord? The wounds of Jesus, his healing blood, his body and blood given and shed for you. The violence that truly brought peace. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.